Hi, this is Alyssa McNamara-Reed, and I will be your host for the next two hours. Allow me to introduce myself. I am a certified financial planner practitioner and an investment advisor. I am co-owner of McNamara Financial Services, Inc. in Marshfield, Massachusetts. McNamara Financial is a federally registered investment advisor, and by my definition anyway, is a true family business. We work with clients like you every day, regular people that need help making sound financial decisions or people that want one less thing to worry about. I work with clients for a fee based on assets that I manage or an hourly or flat fee for creating financial plans. I am not compensated via commissions unless I have the pleasure of helping someone with their insurance needs. There are some things worth paying for and perhaps a lifetime of financial security is one of them. I of course cannot guarantee that working with me will ensure a secure financial future. McNamara on Money has been a call-in talk radio show since 1990. I love hearing from listeners and there truly are no dumb questions. In fact, I like the simple questions because everyone should have the answer to those. Just don't call me asking for the next hot investment or which market is going to outperform this year. Number one, that's not the nature of this show. And number two, I have no idea. Any advice I give to a caller is meant to be generic in nature and should be verified with his or her own financial professionals. You will hear about a variety of topics on this show that relate to investments and personal finance. We try to cover topics that people can relate to regardless of their net worth or financial situation. And of course, we try to keep it interesting. I would crunch numbers for two hours or spreadsheet cash flows because I'm a total math nerd, but that wouldn't much make for good radio. Instead, I choose to educate people on topics surrounding big financial events in life, like marriage and divorce, kids in college, death of a loved one, career changes, and of course, retirement. I once heard that it is a smart man that knows what he doesn't know. I'm sure it was my dad that said that, and I'm also sure that it applies to women. That is why I invite guests onto my show that have expertise in different areas also related to personal finance. I feel it's important to note that the opinions of these professionals are not necessarily the opinions of McNamara Financial or any of its advisors. As long as we are on the subject of disclosure, I should note that while we may discuss investments and or markets on this show that past performance is not indicative of future results. Thanks for tuning in. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. My uh, co-host today is David Tortelot from Homestead Mortgage. He's a reverse mortgage specialist. Uh, The show is entitled Mortgages, Forward and Reverse. But before we continue, we're going to go to a very patient Marie who has been in her car. Good morning, Marie. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Fine. And thanks for holding all that time. We appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you. Hey, I have have two quick questions. One, um, my husband and I are debt free. Um, Did all those, all the best of those things. Uh, Marie, are you there? And and along the way, so he gets out of college debt free. That's all good. All right. Just paid off. Zero debt, all that good stuff. We've both been funding our 401ks to the max, including when we turned 50 going to the, you know, extra All that right. you can put in once you, so, you sound like an overachiever so far, Marie. Good for you. Okay. <laughs> a little bit. Now, I'm, I'm, but thank you. Yeah, not that we haven't made a few mistakes as well. Yeah. And we have lived, lived along the way, too, but definitely beneath our means. L- less of a house since that we, that someone would loan you the money for. Less normal cars, not, not the Bugatti someone probably could have loaned me the money for. But anyway. Marie, you're my Here's kind my... of woman. I want you to know that. All right. Well, <laughs> Congratulations. Thank well, thank you. Here's my question now, okay. though. Okay. So two things. One is I'm the higher earner. We're going to wait till I'm 70 to take my Social Security. My husband, uh, what we could do, we do have the money where we could um, take 
out of the 401k once he turns 66 and a half is his full retirement age. Yep. We could fund uh, three and a half years uh, out of 401k for expenses that we'd otherwise have Social Security at 66 and a half yep, paid to, for. To make up the gap, I understand, yeah. We could do that and get him to 70 as well to, yep. to preserve, wait till he's 70 to take Social Security. Yep. But all the articles I read say you, ju you should just do it for the higher spouse, yep. and especially he's four years older than I am and male. Yep. Um, it, and I look at the actuarial tables and all that stuff they show you, and, and basically, you know, unless you make it past, I think it's 83, it's not worthwhile. Is it better for us to take that money out of 401k and fund, say, 25 grand a year, 30 grand a year, um, out of our 401k, and then wait till he's also 70 to get that same 25, 30 grand a year from Social Security? Or what? Yep. What do you think? I, I understand. Okay, so first of all, uh, uh, by the way, congratulations for all the stuff you're doing. You sound like you got your act together, lady. Good for you. Okay. Uh, anyway, so my first answer is it depends because I obviously don't know about your financial situation. Okay. But let me ask you a question. Are, are you working with a certified financial planner and, and, and all the great things you're doing are, is it in, in the context of a more detailed plan or are, you, or, or the, are most of the things you're doing on your own right now? Uh, we're doing it on our own. We need. He, we're now. He's four years out. My yeah. husband from retiring. Yeah. So okay. we're, we're at that point. Good oh. CFP. Yeah. But I also want one, and that's my second question for you. Was yeah. going to be, yeah. how do you find a CFP that's also a tax attorney or tax? All right, so, so first of all, and we're not doing any commercials for anybody named McNamara here, but uh, you, you are an absolute perfect candidate for getting all of your thoughts together, which are about 85% of the way there, to sit down with a certified financial planner. And, and by the way, we have software that can answer your questions or pose different scenarios. So everything you're asking okay, are questions that you can deal with uh, with some pretty sophisticated software and some reasonably intelligent certified financial planners so the which is why I went to the depends sort of a thing okay the, the second answer is that you know in in life okay if you can do one thing well well then you pay everybody you pay somebody to do all the other things in life okay uh, I'm not going to say that there are uh, no certified financial planners who are also not qualified tax prepare preparers I will say that they're very difficult to find if you're looking for one person with both of those hats on. Uh, and, and I would say pick the best of both because I don't know if you need to combine them. We work with accountants, we work with attorneys for clients, we speak that language. So any planner that you would engage would easily enough be able to chat with your tax person and back and forth about losses and gains and all other good stuff. So I think it will be a lot easier to find two people in those separate areas okay, than to look for one that's combined. Mind, okay. 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 Uh, what about the first question? Yeah. I oh. guess it depends on what the market's doing well, at the time. Well, too. by the way, we don't want to pull out money yeah. if the market's tanking. Well, couple, couple, so, couple things. Okay. okay. By the way, this is a great call. Okay. So, one of the things I've seen people do is, if between now and retirement you could save some money outside your retirement plan, that would be a lot less, uh, you know, uh, hurtful okay then taking it out of the 401k so that's one option you can think about uh, kind of given the circumstances and what was your second question you had another question on that uh, no just it 
When he's 66 and a half, yeah. should we go ahead and have yeah. him take the Social Security or should yeah. we try to use money yeah. from another source, yeah. most like this 401k, to bridge the three and a half year gap? I understand. To get I, us, yeah. Yeah. I, I can't answer that and you don't want to depend on your life how I answer that. Okay, you need to sit with a financial planner with some sophisticated software. If you were sitting in my office or any qualified certified financial planner's office, okay, and we had all of your data in the screen, we could query the software and it would spit out different alternatives and you could value whichever of those makes the best sense for you. Can you okay. wait? wait. Right. Yeah, and by the way, you're, you're way too smart to take an answer from somebody over the airwaves anyway, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah. please, oh no, please. I, I will do that. Yeah. The only thing I want to comment yeah. is um, I feel like, okay, so I'm the largest, the higher, much much higher breadwinner. I'm in cybersecurity and, and my, my husband my husband's not, okay. whatever. He's yep. far more successful and intelligent than I am in his own right, but it's just cybersecurity pays a lot more. Sure. But anyway, um, I find when we go to any conversation, whether it's an attorney, whatever, they speak to the man. <laughs> and it drives me nuts. And I'm going, hello, hello over here. You know, you're not even talking to the major breadwinner. You know, it's yep. just very sexist. Yep. And i that's one thing I'd give to any certified financial planners out there. Yep. Just be careful with that. <laughs> it's often, you know... Um, you know, you have to be careful not just speak to the man. Ma you know? Marie, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for your Thank advice, you. by the way. Okay. <laughs> and I'm, I may be giving you a call. All right, thanks. I, I won't be sexist if you do, I promise, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Have a good day. All right. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that lady is my kind of woman when it comes to finances. Does she ever act together or what here? Absolutely. Holy cow. Good for her. By the way, uh, again, if Bruce and Foxborough was still there, Bruce, thank you so much for waiting all this time. Uh, what's on your mind? Yeah, hi. Good morning. Um, I'm curious about the extra payments on a mortgage. I've been doing an extra payment on my principal for about six years. Yeah. Now, and I was um, and I was told that it reduces the uh, the overall duration of the of the mortgage, but but I don't really know the formula. And the kind of like second half of that is um, if I pay more than just one extra payment per year, does that equally reduce the duration of the mortgage? Uh, okay. Yeah, and by how much? We got you. By the way, uh, David has an expertise. I'm going to let him answer that before I chime in. Go for it, David. Go ahead. Well, Great, thank you. I don't specialize in forward mortgages, and I don't know the formula. Um, I specialize in reverse mortgages, which doesn't have a payment. So, but I, I, I'm just going to say this: that yes, if you're, do you do you know how much since you've been making a payment? Do you know how much it's been reducing your term by since you started? Uh, what prompted uh, you to start doing that, or did you just start doing it? Yeah, uh, I don't know specifically if, how much it's reduced it, um, but I did. I uh, a few people have mentioned to me uh, that if you make an extra principal payment based just on the principal, yeah. Yeah. it does reduce yeah. somewhat of the uh, entire length of the mortgage. It, it does. I mean, yeah. I don't know exactly what it is. I know what yeah. the term of your mortgage is, how okay. much money you're contributing, but you know, in round numbers, if you had a 30-year mortgage and you sent. 300 extra bucks a month if i'm just throwing it out there maybe yep. you're cutting three years or five years or something yeah. like that off your term yeah david more yeah let, let me chime in on that by the way uh first of all um depending on the lender they might shorten the term or they might lower the amount and keep the term the same so so different lenders would approach that differently that would yeah. be number one and number two 
uh, and I hope there aren't too many lenders listening, but most lenders aren't equipped to very quickly tell you, uh, you know, how, how, you know, what's it going to look like if you do this, that, or the other thing, okay? So, so you need to get with that lender and ask them to give you a statement of what it looks like if you're on this course or that course. This, this shouldn't be a surprise to you or them. They have a responsibility to tell you what that looks like pending, depending on how much you wanted to pay and do that. So you need to sit down. By the way, a lot of lenders, that's not high on their service list. That, you know, it may take you three weeks to get an answer back sort of a thing, but you need to powwow with that lender about specifically how it is working, and they should be able to show you that, and and I hope they have the ability to do that, so, so that kind of depends on a whole bunch of things. Yeah, and Bruce, I would say yeah. this too, if you already have a relationship with a mortgage broker or banker, um, or a local bank, however you take out your mortgages, they probably have software that they could input the number you're paying per month and show you what the term would reduce reduce by. Yeah, and, and, and Bruce, what I would do is once you get on that course and once you've gotten the information from them, well, then then you have a goal. You know either how long it will take to make it, make it disappear or whatever, but I would ask for that verification every year because, uh, you know, a, a long time ago we had a financial crisis and a whole bunch of banks forgot to send papers saying mortgages were paid off or this, that, or the other thing. So so you, you can absolutely get the answer from your lender it might take some work and you should absolutely stay on top of that because don't assume the other side of that is on on top of that from my point of view okay will do absolutely yeah i'll get right on that monday i'll uh, i'll get with them and uh, and start getting it in in uh, in writing somehow yeah, yeah and be by, great yeah I and by the way the when you, after you run the course of that give us a call back and let us know how you be, be made out i'd be curious i hope it's good All i right? sure will either that or i'll, or I'll send you a uh, a, uh email mcnamara on money.com okay get you covered excellent i will thank bruce, you so much bruce thanks for the call all right thanks all bruce. right bye-bye how much fun was that, huh? Yeah. Holy cow. Well, great calls. All right, so let's get back to something I didn't want to say at the top of the hour because we had two calls waiting. So, folks, uh, today is Saturday, August the 10th. 2019. Uh, we are broadcasting McNamara on Money Live here in our Marshfield sh studios on the south shore of Boston, 95.9 of them. Uh, and if you're listening to the show in the Merrimack Valley, it's pre-recorded. That doesn't mean we didn't say something smart, folks. Okay, uh, and uh, you're doing that on WCAP 980 AM in Lowell, Massachusetts here, okay? Uh, if you have questions for us on the south shore, 781-837-49 900. If you have questions for us uh, in the Merrimack Valley, it's McNamaraOnMoney.com or questions at McNamaraOnMoney.com. And by the way, if you're on the South Shore and if you're just too busy or too shy to call us, I don't consider myself like a threatening person, but anyway, if you're too busy to call us or too shy, uh, it's McNamaraOnMoney.com. Plain and simple as that. All right, so David, I'm going to do, we're going to do the express version here. Holy cow. Okay. Um, Reverse mortgages is the subject. David is a reverse mortgage specialist, okay? Uh, and I'm going to start off with some with my conclusions and then give you the ball for the remainder of this show. How does, how does that sound that here, sounds folks? That like a okay. plan. All right, uh, although this plan may get interrupted here. Son of a gun. We have a caller. Let's That's go okay. to Mike in West Bridgewater. Good morning, Mike. How are you today? Good morning to you. I'm doing fine, thank you. How can we help you? Well... I wanted to. I'd, I'd like to ask about uh, 
mortgages. <laughs> All right. Well, then I think you have the right place. Good. Go, go for it. <laughs> we are eventually going to sell the place that we live in. Okay. And uh, it's it's a home office. It's it's just way too big for us. But whatever we get for it, and uh, you you're talking about the fact that if we downsize. Uh, we may be paying the same price to move into a house that we're moving out of. Yeah. So my question is, uh, you, you, you talk about... I'm trying to... I, I knew what I wanted to ask, and now I forgot how I wanted to phrase it. <laughs> Go ahead. But, but a mortgage is relatively inexpensive money, 35 4%. Yeah. All right. So why would I not uh, take the money that I sold... that that we got when we sold the house and invested in something that might get us 5%. Okay. And then as a dedicated account, yeah. uh, take that money out and pay the mortgage and make a few bucks along the way. All right. Have I got an answer for you, Mike, and uh, thank you for that question. Okay, so let me, let me preface my answer. Uh, first of all, you're talking to someone who theoretically could have a conflict of interest answering your question here, but, but it's going to surprise you. Okay, uh, in, in addition to being a certified financial planner, we, we manage a bunch of money for a bunch of people as well. Uh, and uh, in my life, I have never told anybody to do what you're proposing. And I have anybody who has ever asked that question, I have said, don't do it, okay? And let me explain why. Uh, your question is a perfectly reasonable one if you look at the situation academically. Well, why wouldn't I pay three and a half or four if I could earn five after taxes and all that stuff? So so if, if you were to do the modeling of your question academically, it is a perfectly reasonable request, okay? Here's what happens, okay? people would set aside that chunk of money, okay, and first of all, you may end up tapping that chunk of money for other things, not not the mortgage. I, I've seen this happen, okay, so I've got this money over here, and then pretty soon stuff starts to happen in your life, and you say, well, wait a minute, I don't want to take it out of my retirement plan, I can take it out of here. So in the real world, it would be rare for that money that you set aside to actually be set aside and exclusively do what you think it's going to do for the rest of your life, okay? So, so life gets in the way would, would be my answer. And believe me, I speak with authority on this subject in terms of the folks I've met over the years, okay? The second part of that life gets in the way is that it may hit the fan, financially speaking, for the first three, four, five years that you do this plan, okay? And then the question is, well, and I won't, I won't pick on you, Mike. This is a great call, okay? Would, would, the per, would the My wife's been doing it for years. Yeah, so okay. Would the person, okay, who has done this, uh, you know, have the uh, fortitude, okay, while their money is down and shrinking, to stay the course? to go out to the long-term averages and hope the math actually works sort of a thing. So again, if markets quote-unquote get in the way, there could be some risk of, of violating the this is that money sort of a thing. And by the way, it, it, depending on the amount that's withdrawn out of a, it, whenever you're taking money out of an account, you're more vulnerable to market swings. So if you're gonna play that game, I think you ought to have two or three years worth of what you need set aside inside that account so you don't have to go crash money in that pot while it's down. Oh. So, so is that helpful and do you have some follow-up questions? Well, y yeah, what, what, you, what you say makes sense. Let me just 
Let, just, let me just ask another question. Sure. Uh, because it just occurred to me. Yep. Uh, if we took that money and put it into an immediate and an, an immediate annuity. Uh, where we're supposedly guaranteed. Uh, I'm not an expert on annuities, believe yep, yep, yep. But, but we're, we're, we're supposedly guaranteed uh, an income of however much. Uh, how would that work? Uh, well, first of all, it might work. Okay, uh, but un- assuming we don't, assuming that that we don't. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. You. Oh, please do. Go ahead. Uh, assuming that that we don't have to take anything out. Uh, as you had suggested for anything else. Yeah, if your if your if your numbers are exactly correct and you don't mess with it, it's possible that that strategy may work. Okay, one thing you need to know is if you two, two things. If you do an immediate annuity, you just made that decision forever. You can't change it. Correct. Okay, and number two, if you do an immediate annuity out X amount of years, right now, the return on your money is. Less than one percent, I would guess. If you, I, I, you know, go to immediateannuities.com, okay, and check it out. But if you add up the money you give them, okay, with rates so low, in effect, you're just they're just handing you your own money back. So, by yeah. the way, if you're going to do that strategy, put it under your mattress. Be careful about it and take it out every month. You're better off. Okay, yeah. okay. Every insurance person in the world probably just gagged here, Mike. But I'm I'm sorry. Okay, if you look at the actual return on your immediate annuity, you're better off buying treasury bills and doing it on your own. Yeah, okay. no, I wasn't that familiar with the terms of immediate annuity. Yeah. Was, it yeah. was just a... Yeah, it's question. a great question, by the way, but believe me, <laughs> that's why you call, because you had questions. Can you think of any others while we got you here? Um, no, no, I'm sorry, you're on your own. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for the call, and that was a terrific question, and, uh, you know, good luck with whatever you're going to be doing there, okay? Thanks for your time. All right, thank you. All righty. Boy, oh boy, we didn't get much done this hour, half that's hour, did we? Okay. Is that okay. awesome or what? Those are some great good questions. Calls, yeah. All right, so all right, so I have about a minute, okay, to uh, to do all the things I was going to do with you in a half an hour. So I'm going <laughs> to do those right now, okay? okay? And then you give you the ball here, David. Okay. Uh, so let's, hands on buzzers. Okay, hands on buzzers. Okay. <laughs> I got. I got. I, I, I'm seeing this, Tim. I got it. Okay. All right. Okay. So uh, here, here are my summary comments, and then David will back into them. Okay. If you have a comprehensive written financial plan in place, you'll know whether or not you need a reverse mortgage well in advance. That would be a good thing. Uh, if you're going to get a reverse mortgage, or if it looks like you're going to need one, get one before you need one, folks. Don't get one when you need one. It's usually better before. David will explain that. If you're going to... Uh, by the way, nobody ever wants to plan to get a reverse mortgage. I'm not ever going to have one of those suckers. Well, what you plan and what happens may not occur, so don't, don't, don't necessarily exclude your understanding of that. By the way, tell your kids if you've got a reverse mortgage, they should know. Uh, and uh, last but not least, uh, from my opinion, the best way to use a reverse mortgage is if you have some money in a retirement plan that's running out, toggle back and forth between the mortgage. Already. We're back. My name is Mike McNamara. This is McNamara on Money. We are, today is uh, Saturday, August the 10th. We are broadcasting live to folks on the South Shore of Boston via WATD 95. 
106.9 FM. And uh, if you're listening to us in the Merrimack Valley, uh, we're being broadcast on WCAP 980 AM. Uh, if you're listening in the South Shore, our telephone number is 781-837-4900. Uh, if you're listening in the Merrimack Valley, McNamaraOnMoney.com. There's a question there, and we promise to get back to you. Uh, my co-host, uh, guest, and good friend David Tortolot, who has not said much in the last hour and a half. Sorry about that, sir. That's we're, all right. We're getting to that That's now. Good callers. And uh, David good is a, a reverse mortgage specialist with Homestead Mortgage, uh, and, and he wouldn't be here unless I trusted this guy uh, and have referred some clients to him and in all discretion for for no compensation on my part. I might be clear about mm-hmm. <laughs> your reputation's all you got, right, David? That's in, right. In the business here, but anyway, uh, the, the the short story is that if you uh, don't. Uh, do your life uh, appropriately on the forward mortgage stuff and a bunch of other things, uh, you may be talking to someone like David out of necessity, which is why he's here. So the so the short story is I'm going to hand the ball over to David, and uh, you've got about 20 minutes to do what you need to do here, so go for it. Okay? All right, sounds good. So I'll, I'm going to touch on a few things that you touched on uh, as far as, you know, don't do, if, you, if you've done a, if you've planned and the plan didn't work out, the retirement plan, and you think a reverse mortgage may be on the horizon. Don't wait for crisis mode, like you said. Amen. Get, you know, speak with a, a CRMP as soon as possible and, and learn about it, the pros and cons. Doesn't mean you have to do it, but you should get educated about it. And I do agree By with- By the way, that's sort of like looking for life insurance after you found out your spouse had cancer, folks. Okay, right. you, you, please, oh please, even if you think you never want one of these suckers, research it and be familiar mm-hmm. with it, right? Yep, and you know, just, you know, this is a bias statement. In Mike's world, there's certified financial planners, and our world, there's certified reverse mortgage professionals. And there was, there's a significant amount of vetting that goes on. With There's 151 CRMPs in the country. Uh, there's three in Massachusetts. I so, didn't. I, 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 wow, son of a gun. Yeah, it's a, well, I mean, the National Reverse Mortgage Lenders Association put this uh, designation in place about a decade ago. All right. And um, I've had mine since 2012, and it's an annual designation. We have to do continuing education, Mike, and there we have go. to, uh, if I have a felony this year, I won't have my CRMP next year, so there's annual vetting, and there's... There's testing, and it's not easy to obtain. Yeah. And that, that, that was the whole idea behind it. So you're smart about something is what you're saying here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. The whole, really, for the, from the consumer's perspective, if you're looking yep. into a reverse mortgage, you just Google local CRMP. Yeah, okay. Try and find someone local that can handle, you know, and, and come meet, you with, meet with you face-to-face. To another point you made earlier, Mike, about the children, um, 95% of the time when I meet with clients, they'll call me, and I'll ask them if they have children, if they're nearby. Mm friends, sisters, brothers, anybody um, to be present at our meeting. Our meetings always begin at the borrower's house, not at my office. Okay. Uh, it's good. It's good, and and that I need to see the property too yeah. to make sure that it meets FHA standards. Okay. So okay. if I'm there, yeah. I can take a quick walk through and at least pick up pick up on some things that may or may not need to be done before they do a reverse mortgage. So, yeah. but when the children are there, and you know. Uh, brothers, sisters, family members. It's good because we go through all the pros and cons and there's a lot of aha moments. Yeah, it's, just, good, it's good to have help if you're thinking yeah, about this. There's still a lot. Uh, yeah. You know, unfortunately, this loan's 30 years old now. Um, HUD yeah. invented this loan back in 1989. And, um, you know, I've met with PhDs, I've met with attorneys, CPAs, financial planners, uh, and still, they still think the bank owns the house after the closing. Wow. And that's never been the case. So I don't know where that idea originated from but that's there's so many misconceptions still 30 years later mike yep and i just 
and it's because you can't find the information online. Well, really. you know, on top of being somewhat confusing, it's scary. So, yeah, yeah people don't want to know. It is scary. Yeah. You know, it's good to know this, though. Our government invented it in 1989. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't agree with everything my government says or does, and I, you probably don't either. But I don't yep. think that they're going to get together in Congress and design a mortgage scam for seniors. Uh, that doesn't mean that the product can't be misused, though. Yeah. So the government invented it, HUD, and released it to the banking institutions in the, in the early 90s. And, you know, it was being cross-sold. And, you know, financial advisors and insurance people were in cahoots with the reverse mortgage originators. And huh. they were setting up these lines of credit and removing the money out of the line S of credit. Spending it on insurance or investment, so, basically. So, you know, HUD caught on to that yeah. sort of wow. scheme. And they stepped in with new disclosures for new applicants. And here we are 30 years later. So the loan itself now is more safe and transparent now than ever. Yeah, it's, it's about as cleaned up as it can be, basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and HUD's okay. in charge of it. So when bad things go on, HUD steps in and figures it out and yeah. comes up with new safeguards. And, so And regardless of who you talk to, they're all about the same price and cost. So it's yeah. pretty regulated. Yeah. So yeah, okay, good. Yeah, I'll touch on the, you know, the, the definition of a reverse mortgage is very simple. Yeah. Uh, all of the mortgages we touched on today, this the process of getting this mortgage is exactly the same. You sign loan documents, there's an appraisal that's done. Um, you're borrowing against your home. The house serves as collateral. The biggest difference between a reverse mortgage and a regular mortgage, hence the name reverse, the process of lending is turned backwards, where you set up a loan on your house and the bank pays you. Okay. You set up a loan on, on a regular mortgage, we refer it to as a forward mortgage, you pay the bank back. So you're lending, you're lending the, yeah. the bank your, your money. You're basically. borrowing against yeah. your house in yeah. both ways, yeah. whether it's a forward or a reverse, yeah. but you're borrowing against your, in a reverse, the bank's paying you as you need the money, yeah. whether okay. in a monthly payment or just setting up a line of credit and you taking the money out of the line of credit okay. when things come up. Yeah. Um, so that's the biggest difference. It's more expensive than a forward mortgage. I'll just get right into that. Yeah. And why is it more expensive? Well, there's insurance that's paid up front. Um, it's a HUD loan. HUD insures it and, and backs it. So for them to insure it, there's a cost for them to insure it. That okay. means that the insurance aspect in real simple terms means that the borrower, the children, and the lender are not responsible for the mortgage debt, that reverse mortgage they just took out. Okay. And what that means is that if the debt exceeds the home's value at the time the house sells, that is that that money is paid from HUD to the lender. Yeah, the risk on the lender's part is you don't get your money back, and so right. you have insurance to protect that. Yeah. So, so the whole thing works basically. Well, that's why yeah. when you look at a reverse mortgage, everybody says they're so expensive. Well, the reason why is you're paying an upfront insurance fee equal to your home's value. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry, equal to two percent of your home's value. Yeah. So the higher your home's value is, the higher the cost will be on your reverse mortgage. Okay. If you have a $200,000 house, yeah. your costs just for the insurance would be 2% or be $4,000. $4, if you have a million dollar house, it's almost $14,000. Yeah, so just, so just to be clear out there, folks, uh, all the costs are pretty much the same as a regular mortgage plus insurance. Plus and that's insurance. Really and, and the if you insurance, back the insurance yeah. out, it's the same pretty much as yeah. a regular mortgage. You have an origination fee and attorney's cost to close the loan. And it wouldn't be guaranteed and there'd be risk right. if you did that. Yeah. A forward mortgage, just so everybody knows, is a, a loan where you pay the bank back every month and if you don't, you're at risk of default. Mm. A reverse mortgage, there is no monthly mortgage payment. The interest defers and adds on and is paid back at the end, you pay that in addition to the principal you borrowed. And um, that 
insurance fee you paid covers if the if the borrower live, outlives the loan and the house is sold and more interest deferred than what the house sold for, then the bad news is the estate didn't get any money from the sale of that asset. Right, okay. But the good news is they also didn't get a bill. Yeah, okay. Um, yep. You know, the, the house sells through a real estate agent. The net proceeds go back to the bank. Okay. If it's short, yep. let's say let's say they had a reverse mortgage balance of 450. Yeah. Let's say at the time the person passed away, they sold it for 400. That was fair market value. Yeah. Well, the estate didn't get any money at closing, but they also don't have a judgment or a burden for having inherited that property with a reverse mortgage on it. The money, the, the loan closes, the money goes to the bank, and the bank then files a claim with FHA for the difference. Yeah. And the reason okay. that FHA will send the money back to them is when they closed on that loan originally, they paid an insurance fee of 2%. Yeah. If it wasn't, the lenders wouldn't lend you money if they didn't have insurance, so they right. get it back. I mean, that it's, it, they wouldn't exist unless you had the insurance, right. basically. So yeah. it, okay. a reverse mortgage is a non-recourse loan. All that really means is no other course of action to repay the loan other than the home itself. Okay. There's no IRAs, there's no accounts, there's no stock accounts within the estate that has to pay back that difference. So, so anybody who does one of these, there's a certain amount that you can borrow, and you can take it however you like to take it, and uh, and as long as you live in the house and die there, then you never have to pay it back. That's right. Okay. Yeah, which is basically using the equity in your home, yep. probably as efficiently as you can. Yeah, and there are responsibilities. You know, we these are always marketed on television and on online as loans without mortgage payments. Well, they are loans without mortgage payments. That's interest payments essentially. Yeah. But there are payments still in the house. You got to pay property taxes and homeowners insurance and flood insurance if applicable. If you do not pay those items after you take out a reverse mortgage, you would be in default. Okay. With you know, being the you'd be in default without a reverse mortgage yep. if you didn't pay the town's taxes. <laughs> that would be, be true. default with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there are those are the responsibilities that for a reverse mortgage borrower. But as long as the house remains eligible for that reverse mortgage, meaning property taxes are current. Homeowners insurance is in place, doesn't lapse. Flood insurance, if applicable. Yeah, and you have to keep you it. You can up. stay there as yeah. long as you want. Yeah, sure. Um, there's no expiration date on reverse mortgages. There's no date, you know, age that you have to pay it back. The loan becomes due when the last surviving spouse that took out the mortgage no longer resides in the property. Okay. So they pass away. They sell it themselves. And by the way, you can do a reverse mortgage and then sell it. There's no penalty to get out of a reverse mortgage. So you can sell it if you want to. You just have to pay back the accumulated interest. Yep. That you pay were back deferring. what you borrowed, yep. and and you know where you're at every month with these, Mike, because you do get a statement. Okay, every month. Every single month, you okay. get a statement. It shows you what your balance is, and if there's money in your line of credit, it also shows you what that balance is. Okay. Both grow, one defers, one grows at the same rate. So okay. if you have leftover money with a reverse equity line of credit, that always increases. Okay. At an income tax-free growth rate. Um, and so any money you borrow from your loan that you took out defers interest. You don't have a payment, so it defers. If you want to make a payment, you can. You can make payments on reverse mortgages. There's just no set amount. Yeah, okay. You have to send in what you want to. If you figure out on a calculator, hey, how can I prevent my balance from rising every month? Oh, if I send them $420, that's my deferred interest. I'll keep my balance at what I owe. Yeah. The good news is that you, you, in a regular mortgage, you can't skip payments. With a regular mortgage, you can 
You don't ever have yeah. to make a payment, yeah. but you can make one. Yeah. So I have folks that, as a strategy, you know, back to your point here, some folks unfortunately do go into retirement with a forward mortgage. Um, uh, uh, many folks. Many folks. Okay. Yep. Many folks in your in your world and my world. Yep. So what happens is um, they they'll call me up. We'll sit down. They say, Hey, we're planning to retire in five years. We know this mortgage isn't going to be paid off. We have a two thousand dollar month mortgage payment. We don't want to have that when we enter retirement. So, and by the way, that would make retirement work if they didn't have that two thousand dollar payment. Exactly, as an example. Exactly. Yeah. So the strategy with a reverse mortgage, someone with that concern, is this: we can trade the mortgage they currently have that has a two thousand dollar month mortgage payment, refinance it into a reverse mortgage, and we we all know having spoken about this for the last 15 minutes, there is no monthly mortgage payment obligation. You've traded the mortgage balance from a forward mortgage to a reverse mortgage, but you no longer have a payment. So that $2,000 a month mortgage payment, you no longer have an obligation to pay that. However, I have clients that say, I still wanna make the payment, David, but I don't wanna have to make the payment. Okay. Okay. So they still have a strategy. Have like, I want to. I want to pay it down. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I don't want to okay. do this, so I don't have a payment anymore and have my yeah. equity disappear. Yeah. So we do want to pay it down, but we don't want to have the obligation to make a payment if the you know what hits the fan. Yeah. If okay. I get laid off, yeah. we'll make them up until that point, and if nothing ever happens, we'll continue making them. Yeah, that, that's interesting. So to go back to the. I make my mortgage payment go away. Mm -hmm. okay, you know, if folks, if you were listening to the show uh, a while back, I, 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 as in this morning, I basically said that as a general rule of thumb, people who retire need to cut their living expenses between 25 and 35% to be okay. All right, well, if you tallied up what your mortgage payment principal and interest was, that's about that. So here's a way, if you, if you go into retirement with no mortgage in your house, congratulations, but theoretically you could go into retirement to a reverse mortgage and reduce your expenses by about right. that percent. And by the way, have a lot better chance of retiring and living happily ever after. Right. So so to to eliminate your mortgage payment, if that's the difference in retirement, terrific use of right. reverse mortgage. And, and maybe just to not have the obligation of making one, still yeah. saying, hey, we make yeah. enough money, we want to continue making the $2,000 payment yeah. after we have the reverse mortgage. but. Yeah. If something comes up, we know we're not at risk of default if we don't make a payment. Yeah, it's it's a backup. It's an insurance yeah, thing. It's a, yeah, exactly. It's a mindset where we know Got we can it. never Got skip it. payments yeah, on a okay. forward mortgage. Yeah, okay. If Because if we do, they can foreclose on our property. Yep. We're going to do a reverse. We're going to figure out which, what amount we pay per month to have the balance decrease, similar to what it was decreasing with the mortgage we just refinanced. Yep. But we know our plan is to keep making the payment because we have a goal to be mortgage-free. Yeah. But if something comes up because we're now in retirement, a health concern, we did a mortgage that doesn't require us to make a payment. Yeah, okay. So yeah. we're not at risk of force. So it's sort yeah. of a safety yeah. net. I mean, one of the scenarios I had here, they, they did that specifically for that case because the gentleman had just got a new job. He was 63 years old. Yeah. And uh, he's in IT. Yeah. And his concern to me was, David, I'm not sure how long they're going to keep me because I've been yeah. in this business okay. a long time. They want new blood. Got it. But I have this mortgage payment of $2,300 a month. I'm figuring if I do a reverse, I still want to make the $2,300 a month payment with the reverse. Yep. But if I get laid off, I'm going to go, Phew. I'm glad I did the reverse because now I don't have to make a payment. Yeah. And I'm safe. The, the, um, the other use that I use, the reverse mortgage of the clients I have, is I call it the toggle. And it, yes. it, it makes a whole lot of sense, okay? Yeah. Uh, if you do your retirement planning and figure out that you don't have enough in your nest egg, 
Okay, well, then, and that you know you need a reverse mortgage. Well, one plan is I'll wait till the nest egg goes to zero and then get the reverse mortgage. Nah, not a good plan, folks, for a variety of reasons. But mm -hmm. if, if you got a reverse mortgage, okay, you know, you don't want your nest egg to go to zero. And so what, what I would do with folks in that situation is there's X amount of dollars they got to get. You know, whether it's from the reverse mortgage or the nest egg. Mm -hmm. Okay, and by the way, the reverse mortgage is tax-free, which means you can yeah. take less. And so it makes perfect sense in a year when there's a good financial market and the folks are profitable, eh, we'll take it out of the retirement plan. And, yep. You know, whatever. So so it allows us to preserve a retirement plan, at least some money they can get their hands on that's yep. not in the reverse mortgage. And it just stretches out the time, okay, that that would all work. So I, I think it's an awesome option for those who want to retire but know they don't have enough in their nest egg and yeah. again i go back to the the my mission here folks if you had a com comprehensive written financial plan in place you'd know that anyway well enough in advance to be yeah. okay yeah okay. yeah and just to elaborate on that too yeah. that's that's a that's probably been popular for over the past seven years that strategy yeah and it's really just like you said mike you're managing, say, you have someone with a million dollars under management, yeah. and uh, they have this house free and clear of mortgages. They've done a really good, they've executed the plan you guys put together, and let's say they have a $500,000 house with no mortgage on it. They're in retirement. The strategy works really well for people that want to keep that house as their primary home, not necessarily their home full time. Yeah. Maybe they'll go to Florida six months, but their primary home. If they want to keep it, they can set up you know, if you get a 65-year-old couple, they can set up roughly a $250,000 reverse equity line of credit. Okay. Now, that's going to grow un unborrowed at about 4.5% today for based reason, on our rates. For reasons we can't explain now, but yeah, it's it, going it, to grow, folks. It grows. Your ability it, to grow, or grow or grows, and that's very strange, actually. In it the grows because they're getting older, yeah, yeah. and the, the actuaries bank on the home appreciating. Yeah, so they're okay. adding more money to their borrowed their um, available borrowed money yep. okay. in their line of credit, but it's growing by a rate, yep. but HUD doesn't call it an interest rate because interest rates are taxable. Yeah. They call it a growth rate. Got it. So uh, the, the strategy to what you were just saying is now that's sitting behind the scenes, 250,000, you've got the million with them. If the market tanks and at this at that particular time they come to you and say, Mike, we need 25 grand for a car. Yeah. And you look at their portfolio and say, okay, well, most of what you were taking in front might be taxed, some might be penalized, or, or, or whatever. Markets are down this year, not a good time. Let's not, let's not sell at a loss. Yeah. We do have that $250,000 line of credit you set up three years ago, though. You can pull twenty five out of that income tax-free and no payment. Yeah, and by so, the way, you'd have to take out thirty-five out of the IRA to get to twenty-five with right. the taxes. So, the, so the tax-free ability of this has some appeal in a number right. of situations. Right, yeah. and, and and it doesn't affect their cash flow because it's a pay, it's a mortgage without a monthly mortgage payment. Yep. So, and you know, if the home appreciates over time, they can replace it back with appreciation. I can't guarantee that, of sure. course, but yep. you have that, um, you know, you have that on your side at least. So that, that's the strategy. It's really just on standby, like Mike said. It's something to toggle back and forth to in bad markets. And when the market recovers and your portfolio is appreciating again with Mike, you guys can say, stop drawing from the reverse equity line of credit. Yeah. We can start 
taken from the portfolio. And in some cases, if the portfolio recovers to a point, they could pay off what they took out of the house mm -hmm. if they want. If they want to, sure. If so they want, I want to leave the house to my kids. Okay, well, we can make that work now. Yeah. Whatever. So, yeah, okay. um, it's it's an option. It's an option. It's for just money. a strategy. Yeah. Exactly. Really. And I would say yeah. most of those strategies were even Marie's point earlier about delaying Social Security. I've had clients approach me about doing a reverse for that. And I said, well, if you want to keep the house long term, because you don't want to forfeit the upfront costs, sell it in five years and you bridge your gap for five years. It just, yeah. it has to make sense. Yep. So it, it's an all depends answer in most cases. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing I can say about these is, folks, if if you're not sure how your retirement's going to look or if you're a little nervous, first of all, you should go get go see a certified financial planner practitioner and see what it looks like. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't look so good, and if you don't have time to make it better, well, then then probably a reverse mortgage is, is one of the options that may help you out. Yep. And and the sooner you know that, okay, if you can't fix it, so I'm gonna, I know I'm going to need a reverse mortgage. Okay, good. If the, if the fact that you know that in advance is awesome from mm -hmm. my point of view. And if you did, and if nothing changes, then that's all the more reason to get one earlier because they grow. You know, whatever yeah. you could borrow now, if you didn't do it for 10 years, you have a, a bigger ceiling sort of right. a thing. So, and those but, lines of credit, yeah. Mike, you, you haven't borrowed it yet. Yeah, right. It's you don't owe any money. A absolutely. That's the wonderful so part. So you did yeah. borrow the closing costs. Yeah. But, you know, if you got a $500,000 house and it cost you fifteen grand in closing costs yeah. to get two fifty, yeah. I think most people will say, well, all right, it sounds expensive, sure. but... What, compared to more, what? What yeah. adds more value? Yeah. Having two fifty or forgetting yeah. the two fifty? Well, first of all, you, if you have the wherewithal, you could pay the closing costs. That's probably rare. But but my, you know, here's the point. Well, they're expensive. Well, they're expensive compared to what? Right. You, you not? You know, what 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 are you comparing that? There's uh, no other to, mortgage out it, there. That's if you fully don't backed. if you don't have any other options, if it's so 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 what? Right. About the costs. I mean, so you know, oh, I'm, I'm, they're too expensive. Well. You know, if you have other options that are less expensive, go for it. But if you don't, uh, that that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And the folks. costs come out are yeah. rolled into the loan. Yeah, exactly. they don't come to closing with a check unless they want to, like yeah. you had said. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I wanted to touch on too, I wanted to just talk about how low interest rate environments yep. affect reverse mortgages. Okay. Because our rates don't fluctuate like the forward mortgage industry does. Okay. We work off margins and indexes. Huh. So okay. margins stay. There's a series of margins we can use. Yep. Margins are just the, the lender's profit, right. so to speak, that yep. they make in the future. Yep. And, but they don't go up and down every day like yep. the forward mortgage world. So okay. in a low, when, when you take out a reverse mortgage, the amount you can borrow is based on your age, the home's value, and a, and a rate okay. used in the, f the actuary table, if you will. Okay. That rate, it's called an expected rate, it fluctuates up when interest rates um, are rising. Yep. It fluctuates down, obviously, when interest yeah. rates are lower. Yep. In my world, the fluctuation <coughs> of that rate yep. determines how much someone can borrow. If, the, if that rate goes up, yep. it reduces how much someone can borrow yep. significantly. Got it. If that rate goes down, it rises the amount they can borrow. <laughs> and so in this, in this world, right now is a good time to borrow reverse mortgage money because you can borrow at a maximum there because of the low interest rates. Uh, the time to do it is when you need to, folks. Exactly. Uh, about David, uh, you've been great here. How about a phone number in case somebody wants to get a hold of you? Sure. Best way to reach me is 617-797-3277. 617-797-3277. Folks, my name is Mike McNamara. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. And go visit McNamara on Money if you get bored. Thank you.